Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Black and Abdallah, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. spot for Kirk Cousins is a discussion around the NFL that I, I think could not only does it impact the Chicago Bears because of the division being the same NFC North but also it will it will affect the way teams that may be interested in Justin Fields position themselves for a trade or teams that are interested in drafting a quarterback if you can put in a, a guy like Cousins and, and he's a good quarterback and I, I think that's something that you and I both agree on. He's not a great quarterback. He's not elite, but he's damn near close. He is right there. Uh, he's better than mid. He's better than average. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. He's 36. He'll be 36 at the start of the football season. He's coming off a, a bad injury, the Achilles injury, right? So you have a quarterback who's been injured, who's a little bit older, but sometimes with quarterback play in this day and age, being older is actually a benefit because the older you are, these quarterbacks continue to play forever into their 40s. So I would imagine Kirk Cousins has at least one more big contract in him mm-hmm. and some good football years ahead of him. Where he lands, I think, is going to be an important piece to figuring out where Justin Fields is going to go and then what teams around the Bears at the top of the board or maybe looking to move up, what they'll do in the draft if or when Kirk Cousins lands somewhere and we kind of figure all this out. Yeah, and uh, on ESPN.com today, Bill, or Bill Barnwell, Matt Bowen wrote uh, best team fits for the top 50 players in 2024 NFL free agency. And uh, the number three player is Kirk Cousins. And the best team fit is the Atlanta Falcons based on the offensive coordinator and the young uh, weapons in Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and B. John Robinson. That would be a good scenario for Kirk Cousins to go to. I mean, I think he ends up staying with the Vikings and they work something out, but you never know. I mean, the, the Falcons... I think the Falcons would be a good destination for any quarterback. I think if Justin Fields ends up on the Falcons, he'll be successful. I've, if, if Kirk Cousins ends up on the Falcons, he'll be successful because of the the, uh, the weapons that you have. I mean, before he got hurt, he was completing 70% of his passes, and uh, he had 18 touchdowns and five interceptions. He was playing really well. And I don't know how big the contract is going to be. Atlanta's got money. The Vikings have money. So they should be able to work something out. He can't be franchised, so you're going to have to sign him if you want him. But I think he's going to be a good fit on either of those teams. I don't know why he wouldn't be able to go to um, Oakland either. Like, Oakland seems like a fit, too. Oakland's got – or oh, Vegas, I mean. Vegas has Oak- Vegas has weapons. I don't know if Vegas has uh, the money for it, but I know that they've got – they need a quarterback. I, I will say this. In, in the Kirk Cousins discussion, you said that uh, ESPN and – uh, what you saw there with Matt Bowen today suggesting that the Falcons would be the best fit. Uh, Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio wrote a piece today about Kirk Cousins, his contract, what he's looking for, his possible best fit, and what could happen in this offseason. And he puts it right in there in his uh, column that he posted today that he doesn't think Cousins will return to the Vikings. Mm. And that the, the Vikings are, are reportedly, as he puts, 
willing to move off of Kirk Cousins for the future. So if that's the case, and like that's how we kind of in this conversation are are shaping it. I do think Atlanta's interesting because Atlanta obviously would directly affect the Chicago Bears trying to trade Justin Fields. To me, the Falcons are the number one spot. I think that's the team that could could use Fields, and they would have a better quarterback situation. They would be a team that's trying to win with young players, and I I think they would also give a a runway to Fields to allow him to continue to develop because we both agree. We think he's he's going to be a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. It's just... Here in Chicago, we're hoping for great. And when you are gifted the number one pick like the Bears have been gifted with that Carolina pick at one, you got to take the swing for the possible great player. And so I, I think Atlanta is a key. And if Atlanta makes a move and signs Kirk Cousins, that eliminates one of those teams. And now we go back to this Fields conversation of are we looking at Pittsburgh? Are we looking at New England? Are, like Who are the other teams positioning? So I think it's interesting. You think that... Cousins will eventually find his way back to Minnesota. I think Minnesota's in a weird spot. They've been very competitive the last com- couple of years, but they haven't won anything. Yeah, And it feels like they, that they think that that's all stale and they need to shift the focus and like start over. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the vibe I get from the Vikings at the moment. It's tough to do that, uh, especially in a division where the Lions... And the Packers are believed to be two Super Bowl contending teams next year. The Bears are projected to be better, you know, if they make a move at quarterback and have a good defense returning and, you know, can get a, another wide receiver to help out DJ Moore and whatever quarterback they bring in here. Um, it's tough to just completely restart. And I think you'll find out, obviously, if they don't re sign Kirk Cousins and they trade Justin Jefferson, they're rebuilding, they're starting over. But I don't know what they would do. I don't. They don't have a high enough pick to get a quarterback like one of these top tier quarterbacks. So maybe you trade Justin Jefferson to a, to maybe New England, and New England gives you their third pick, and then you select Drake May or Jaden Daniels there. You know, like there are options for them. Um, but starting over when a, the team has been constantly competing—that's kind of a tough pill to swallow for fans. Yeah, I agree with you. I I also think you know if Kirk Cousins leaves. Minnesota. There are a few teams that you could put him in at quarterback and they're immediately contenders. Oh yeah. Like the the conversation we've had about Justin Fields, and I know we could really dive into the weeds on on guaranteed contracts and what a quarterback's looking for and based on the salary caps who's available, but like Pittsburgh, if you put Cousins with the Steelers, they could they could battle for the division. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're better than Baltimore. But I think they're on an even playing field with Cleveland. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow healthy, I would probably put ahead of them as well. But So they're the Vikings. Yeah, they're a little closer. But, <laughs> but the Steelers have a better defense. Yes, they do. But to say to put, them in, to put him in that division where like, there's still a chance they come in third, they're just the Vikings again. You yeah, know, like true. they're just the Vikings. He could he could go to Atlanta, I think, and be successful. I think he could go to Las Vegas and be successful. Tennessee has a ton of cap space. Tennessee. They're fourth with the fourth most cap space available. New England has the second with sixty nine million dollars. So, like New England, if they don't want to go young quarterback third overall in the draft, what if they went after Cousins? I mean, I, I think that could be in play. The other teams kind of at the top that have quarterback questions who have cap space. I'm not really seeing anyone. I mean, the Falcons are middle of the pack. The Vikings middle of the pack. 
The Steelers are way down. The Steelers don't have the cap space, so that they're off the board in that conversation. So I, I think it'll be interesting, and I think a lot of that frames how the rest of the quarterback market's going. It's going to fall, mm-hmm. especially with Justin Fields, because I think we expect next week at the NFL Combine, I think there's going to be information and stories leaked that the Bears have gotten offers and that we will have some idea on what type of a package the Bears are looking for and or what's being offered for Justin Fields. Yeah. And I think at that point, I think things will move pretty quickly. There's two things that I'm paying attention to that came out today. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah put out a mock draft where it has the New England Patriots selecting Marvin Harrison Jr. and not a quarterback in the first round. And then Matt Miller from ESPN.com, their, their draft expert, one of their draft experts, tweeted something that he's starting to believe that the Patriots also might not select a quarterback at three. They have the second most cap space. They could easily yeah. sign Kirk Cousins, trade that pick, or, or just draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and sign Kirk Cousins outright. Just sign him, give him a bunch of money, yeah. sign Marvin Harrison Jr. As a, as a weapon. They haven't had a weapon that's decent since Gronk left. Like, they haven't had a good weapon for their quarterback in a long time. That would be an instant upgrade. They had close to a top 10 defense, I believe, in the NFL last year. Their defense was really good last year. And I think that instantly puts them into contending in that division with those two, with those two moves. Because then yeah. you don't – because they don't have – they have a very high uh, second-round pick. So you could draft someone good with, in the second round. You don't have to trade now for Justin Fields or anything like that or Russell Wilson or some or another player because you're just signing your quarterback. So you can use your second-round pick and either get another weapon, get another piece on defense, get another offensive lineman, whatever you want to do with that second pick. And then you've got all this stuff to play. You've got a ton of cap room. They're second. They're above the Bears in cap space. They're right behind the commanders. So they have a ton of money. I think that makes the most sense right now, especially because of the two things that I saw today from Daniel Jeremiah and Matt Miller, both saying that they think that the Patriots might not select a quarterback. 312-332-3776. We're talking football with you here on ESPN 1000. Matt and Streamwood, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my phone call. No problem, I wanted man. to ask you guys, I, I know with like, with the, the Raiders situation that they have to release uh, Jimmy Garoppolo because of a two-ED you know, suspension, and I know that they were on the hook for the $11 million, but now they, they get out of it, and... Does this like just does it still like damage the situation with the Raiders or like with Denver? I'm, I'm not, for me. I'm just saying like I think this thing with Justin Fields right now with him removing the Bears social media and for him liking supposedly the Falcons you know players on their team is just the Bears trying to drum up support, trying to tell Justin you know just to drum up support because they probably don't even have any offers for Justin Fields right now. Just trying to get something before the Columbine because I know they have to start before I think March 8th is when. Like the like when they could start like talking to the free agents, right? Or somewhere around there is when like the free agents could start be talking. So like I'm pretty sure they want the deal in place. And that like what all the experts have been saying is that in order for the Bears to get the first or second round pick for Justin Fields is that they have to have at least one or two teams to draw on to Justin Fields. So like they're just trying to get Atlanta since that's probably the best place for them picking at eight or you know maybe like Cleveland if Deshaun Watson doesn't recover or if he does have to go to his his criminal trial or civil trial, I know there's still a pending litigation coming that he might have to be, you know, he might have to take time and he might not be rehabbing his shoulder or, or the same thing with the Raiders situation that 
you know, that they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo and they don't, you know, I don't know how Luke Getzey feels about O'Connell or not, if he's like the quarterback that they want or because they're so, I think they're picking 13 this year, so it's too far back before they can get an actual quarterback. So I'm just saying that I think it's just the Bears trying to get some type of other team besides Atlanta Falcons to bid on. Maybe. Yeah. Thanks, well, Matt. Thanks for the phone call. Supposedly, the rumor is that they were approached by a couple teams at the um, the Senior Bowl yeah. asking them what it would take to get Justin Fields. And this will all start to ramp up. And that's kind of why, you know, Mel Kuyper Jr. was saying that he believes they could get a first-round pick because all you need is two teams to start bidding against each other. That was from uh, SI's Albert Breer uh, yesterday that Bears uh, staffers were approached at the Senior Bowl and asked about what what the market is, what they're looking for for Justin Fields. So, yeah. so I, I, I'm not concerned, and I don't think that there's some kind of Bears telling Fields, hey, drum up some support by pulling some no, social media no, maneuvers. No, 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 no. I think it's. I think this is what it is. I, when we look at Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on Instagram, I think it is that he's seen the conversation. We've all seen it. Heading into the Super Bowl and after the Super Bowl, the number one story in the NFL was Justin Fields mm-hmm. and Caleb Williams and the Bears in the number one pick. Mm-hmm. The second biggest story heading into the Super Bowl and after the Super Bowl is that Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Like that. Those were the two big stories in and around Super Bowl week, leading up to the game, mm-hmm. after the game. The, everyone talks about Justin Fields. Tonight at 5 o'clock, SportsCenter, the very first story in the NFL was Justin Fields. Courtney Cronin had a piece yeah. on SportsCenter breaking down the Bears' decision. This is all anyone's talking about. And I'm not surprised if Justin Fields has seen all of this, that he's suggested that he's going to be traded away. He got a little uh, bruised ego. And he okay. said, you know what? If you guys are going to trade me, unfollow. Listen, it's not a full scrubbing of his profile. Not yet. But it's a little signal. Like, I see what you guys are doing. I see what's going to happen. I don't need to follow this. Like it's subtle, but I think it's it's, it's intentional. Well, yesterday when uh, the former Vikings GM Rick Spielman joined Waddle and Sylvie, like he said, the Bears control the offseason. What they do with the number one pick, what they do with Justin Fields, and having the third most cap space in the NFL will absolutely control the entire offseason. The talk of the combine is going to be one: Caleb Williams isn't going to throw. Like, aren't we going to get those reports that, like, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels won't throw? They'll throw at their own pro days, that kind of thing. Probably. And then we'll get measurements and be like, oh, his hands are too small or something like that. Or, oh, he's actually only 5'11". Uh, and then... Justin Fields' dog, Udo, <laughs> isn't following the Bears. I was trying to leave Shut you up! That. Shut it took, up! It took a couple voices for me to, uh, <laughs> to get you to that. Hello, please take me off your list. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, you got a phone call? That's yeah, nice. I got a scam call. Uh, the, um, uh, the Twitchers are asking, did he follow the Bears in the first place? And I, I believe ESPN 1000 has confirmed that. that. he did. Tom Waddle is confirming that he did. Yeah. Uh, so sources close to Tom Waddle yeah. and the Waddle and Sylvie show and ESPN 1000 are confirming that Justin Fields did prior follow the bears on yeah. instagram and the ta- he no longer does the talk of indianapolis next week will be what are the bears going to do with one and what are the bears going to do with justin fields absolutely those the story one a and one b that's you see it what, you see what i'm saying like i'm sure the ego is bruised a little okay and he's making it known to them that he knows what's going on this is a business though of like course. like listen people are gonna say oh why do you think justin fields can be successful on another team 
why is if they didn't have everybody keeps saying if they didn't have the number one pick you wouldn't be having these conversations if they only had the ninth pick we would just be taught we'd be breaking down Roma Dunze no, I, and I Malik think that's true. and I, no it is and I'm telling you why if this the Bears is, didn't have the number one pick and we were just talking about previewing the draft for number nine the Bears are keeping Justin Fields this is a financial decision because yeah. if you believe from what we've seen from Justin Fields right now that Caleb Williams or Drake May can be equal to at least equal to what we've seen from Justin Fields, all you're doing is resetting your cap space to free up money for the next four years because you don't aren't comfortable paying Justin Fields $40 million a year in two years. That's all this is. What did you call Chef Max on Friday night? What Doug I, or something? Did you call him the wrong name, or you called him something? I did. I mean, that's what that's what it said. <laughs> on Chef the Max thing. on the candy. What's called up, Jeff? Uh, that was my <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. That was on me. My name is Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Max. My name is Jeff. You guys, you What's guys, up, this Max? is serious business. No okay. more joking. Cue right, the breaking serious. news sound. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, we have breaking news. Okay. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Sources close, or I should say, my buddy Juan, who works at Wingstop. Oh no. Saw Justin Fields. Tonight, trying to order lemon pepper wet. Ooh, lemon pepper wet. Now, so Atlanta confirmed. Atlanta confirmed, go, right? Wow. Go, go, go on Sportsbook. Go on Bravado. Whatever. <laughs> Take Atlanta. Take Atlanta. Atlanta. It's confirmed. <laughs> Atlanta confirmed. <laughs> I like you said wet. Lemon pepper wet wings. He doesn't follow JP Graciano's anymore. And and I heard and I heard that he was spotted at Hoagie Hut refusing a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, no. It is lemon pepper wet for the win, conf- confirmed by my buddy Juan at Wingstop I love tonight. it. Thank you, Chef Max. There he is. Later, You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Lucky Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We go to Chief in Highland here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Chief? Hey, what's going on? How y'all been? We're good, man. What's up with you? Hey, I'm doing good. I, I just, I'm, I'm, y'all, didn't, y'all have you and a lot of other fans and everybody, y'all didn't sold me on Caleb. You know, I was kind of a little, you know, a um, little against it at first, but I'm going to go with you. So let's just, let me just ask you a few little questions then. So how many games do you think the Bears going to win next year? I think the Bears next year will win 10 football games. Okay. And you, t- Black, how many do you think they win? I think next year the Bears will win 10 football games. And Abdallah, how many do you think they'll win? There you go. Uh, I, I believe that they will also win. I'm gonna, I need to see what they do first, but I'm going to say 9 or 10 football games. Nine or okay, ten, so that's we, not we a say, number. Give a give a stand a one ten, number. Ten football games. Boom. Double digits. No, we, wow. we, we could set the over and under at nine. Nine I'll even give you eight. I'll if you said it if you said it at nine if you said it at nine and a half, I would go over. If you said it at eight and a half, I'm definitely going over. Okay. 
So now, <clears throat> will Caleb Williams need uh, a back a bridge quarterback, or will he be no. allowed no, to start day one? Day one. No, day you one. don't. You don't really do that anymore, uh, Chief. Like, look at C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud came in and played. Like, the only time you see that now is if you have a dumb GM and coach, uh, or you have Aaron Rodgers, or like even when Patrick Mahomes sat. Alex Smith was taking the Chiefs to the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you weren't going to bench okay. him. They were a playoff team. You weren't going to bench him for Patrick Mahomes because they were playing well. So, like, you just don't – you don't really do that anymore unless you're drafting someone late. Like, if they, if you told me that they were going to draft Bo Nix in the second or third round, I'd be like, okay, he's probably not going to start right away. You're probably going to sign someone – and have him come in and learn for a year, and then that's fine. Or, like, if you were drafting Penix in the third or fourth round, same thing, right? Um, but now, if you're the number one pick, like, you're starting. Okay, so I right, see. See, I, I like this. So we didn't we didn't move to that part of the multiverse where I could just ask you now. The last <laughs> question is, what if because we, we we said it at eight and nine, you said you don't need no bridge quarterback, and we're okay. going to allow Caleb to just. Start day one. He don't. He, he not. We you know. We don't expect him to have no learning curve. Even though he played in the Pac-12, and now he's going to face like tw- uh, eleven guys from the SEC every every uh, uh, game. But what if the season is disappointing and we win about three games? Well, Eberflus will be Eberflus fired. Eberflus is fired. You'll have to. Uh, I don't think polls will be fired. Mm. I think polls will get another coach. Usually GMs get two coaches. Yeah. Usually. Three-win team? Yeah. Eberflus will be fired. It depends on what the losses look like. <laughs> like, no, Chief, it is. It's depend on what the losses look like. Chief, how bad of a miss is Caleb Williams if that's the case? If they only win three? Oh, man. I mean, well, honestly, like this. I think he can still be a good quarterback, but every quarterback has a learning curve because, like I said, He's playing in the conference where, okay, just look at the look at this. He throws the ball 45 times a game. They play a wide open system at every quarterback. That's why Miller Moss can step right in because that is the design and the concept of the offense. But now, how many times has that offense worked in the SEC? Will he be able to do that against Georgia? Because that's what he's well, going to face every Sunday. I mean, Chief, Lane I Kiffin will, runs the listen, same offense Chief, and I, before, for years. Before you keep on besmirching the good name that was the Pac-12, Remember that Washington won is in the national championship game. Well, and also there's and SEC schools that run that type of offense. The, well, they lost to a Big Ten team. They didn't lose to an SEC team. Yeah, because why? Because their defensive line averages about, at the most, 295 pounds with an occasional 300. And on the opposite side of Michigan, everybody's over 315 or 320. It's just serious. It's, it, you either have size speed or power that's that's just it it's real simple it's like complicated like you you know just like with with military they just either bombs guns what you either have size speed or power so you're going to either have one or the other but michigan and the big 10 and sec schools that outweigh them guys by 30 pounds that's why that's why uh, mccartney why he, he could get he could survive a game throwing seven times because the offensive line is 390 pounds is that to make no sense? Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, I don't think that's the reason why Michigan was successful. I to think a it's certain part extent, of it. Yes, the the Pac-12 has struggled with the Southern schools because of their line play. That that, that is, yeah, for the last fifteen years, that's been the case. Yeah, yeah. Outside of USC with Matt Liner, when they actually had some big boys in there, they Real haven't they haven't team. did anything. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, 
It was line play that led the way. Let me just ask y'all this, though. So, okay, so the Bears have a discipline. That's what Caleb Williams is fearing and his father because now you're setting him back, and now he's going to have to do the same thing. And it's going to be some pressure because the pressure is going to just overwhelm him. And and, and now just judging from how he's handled pressure this year, because I'm assuming he came back to win a national championship. So everybody's saying, oh, well, he didn't have no talent. He didn't have no talent. They had three years of top ten recruiting classes. So some got to give. But that, that's it, man. I ain't going to leave the top the whole life. I just right. appreciate it. Nice talking to you gentlemen. Thanks, Chief. Thanks, Chief. Have a great appreciate night. It. Call again, all right, man? I, I'd say this. Uh, with the concept of an offense that Caleb Williams was running at, at USC with Lincoln Riley, there's a lot of – now, they're not the teams that have won the championship, but there are a lot of schools in the SEC – that are running spread, throw it first style offense. Tennessee, Josh Heupel, he runs an offense like that. You had Mike Leach for years before he passed away mm-hmm. at Mississippi State. Ling Kiffin at Ole Miss running a run and shoot style pass first offense. So it happens in the SEC, but to Chiefs point, yeah, the teams that win the national title. Georgia, Alabama, those teams are a little bit more balanced offensively. That's that's true, but the Pac-12, to your point, the Pac-12 last year was very good. Yeah. But in the last 20 years, the Pac-12 has struggled when they've faced off against teams from the Midwest or the South. In the playoff era, the Pac-12 has struggled until last year. Yeah, they absolutely have. And I mean, and and, uh, did you see the news from earlier today? The college football playoff board members approved the new model, the five plus seven. I like that model. You see that? I like uh, that. 12 team playoff next season. It will be five plus seven. So the five highest ranked conference champions will be the first five seeds. And then the next seven highest ranked teams will be the teams that will get into the playoff. And that's mostly because the Pac-12 barely exists now. Right, so the Pac- two. Yeah, the, yeah, it's Washington State and Oregon State. So and, you're not going to just give one of them an automatic spot. No. So um, the five and seven model makes the most sense. It does, and uh, I think it'll be good. Uh, it's something you and I have resisted on as college football fans. Mm-hmm. I don't think the sport needs it, but it's clearly it's the only thing people care about is playoffs and more games and for TV dollars. Yeah, because bowl, bowl games are horrible. All these opt-outs, what are we going to do? But, like, it's all been dilu- diluted to a point where it is now horrible. You see what I'm saying? There like, were good bowl games this year. <clears throat> there's a couple. Some I, of them. I guess my point is what you and I pushed back on was BCS era and then everything else for bowl games worked. And even I was a fan of just the bowl games. I The BCS even before that. I loved mm-hmm. college football before we got to that. But when you turn it into a playoff with four teams, and then the entire conversation is just getting into the playoff, the moment the playoff is set, no one cares at all in the month of December for any of the other games. No. And with opt-outs, NIL, transfer portal, it just becomes this diluted mess well and now the only thing the sport has is hoping that a 12 team playoff is a super interesting with great games and that that's the new path for the for the sport because the sport used to be great the way it was Mm -hmm. tv money conference realignment and everything has just changed what the future of college football is going to be my biggest problem is that the big games won't matter anymore like last year's Ohio State Michigan game, 
that was essentially a playoff game. It was the end-all be-all. It was fantastic. It, it wouldn't matter. Right. Both because teams both get in. those teams are going to get in. I'm with you. Like, I like that the games mean something. So do I. I like that a team, and I'm biased, obviously, like, that, like Alabama could lose early to Texas and still come back and find a way. Like, what will happen is what you won't have happen anymore is what happened to Florida State this year. They won't get left out anymore. A team like that that goes undefeated, that loses their star quarterback, will not get left out just because they don't. The, the, the committee doesn't think they can compete. They can't compete, right? So they'll get in still, and whatever happens, happens. Like, you're going to get an upset, and people will come out and, like Cap, and say, See? See? See what happens? Justin Fields' dog Uno isn't following the Bears. Shut up! You'll get upsets every once in a while, but for the most part... You're still going to get Georgia in the championship every year. You're still going to get the big boys that are going to be in there every single year. Michigan might not be in it as much because Harbaugh left. Maybe Kalen DeBoer doesn't have Alabama in it as much because Saban's gone. Like, but you're still going to have the haves and the have-nots in college football. Yeah. Every once in a while, yes, just like we see in, the, in March Madness, you're going to get a Cinderella story. But what happens? Eventually... Cool, they made the Final Four, and then they get the crap kicked out of them by a better team. The thing I really used to love about college football, I still love it, is that week zero, week one, whenever you start, you immediately start the race with the pedal all the way to the floor, Mm -hmm. which means each and every week, something can happen that shapes the national championship. The more teams you have in a playoff, like Abdallah says, the less meaningful those games are week to week. Therefore, you don't necessarily have that same vibe. Tennessee-Bama earlier in the season doesn't mean as much because it doesn't matter if each team has one loss. You'll still have a chance to get in. Mm -hmm. I get that some people may say that it's not shaping. Uh, You get a chance to redeem your season as you go, which could shape a, a better champion perhaps, but... College football is great because week one matters. Mm-hmm. Week two matters. A random week in October when you don't expect anything to happen, and then Kansas State upsets Oklahoma, or this, that, all these different dominoes fall, which shapes the conversation for the season. That's why college football is great. It's Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Not doing it. Here on Black and Abdallah, we now go into the newsroom to Kevin Zpack. Kevin, what information did you just bring to us in the commercial break? Oh, this isn't exactly breaking news. I saw this uh, about a week, week and a half ago, but apparently shrimp nibblers are back at White Castle. There is no person, and I don't say this as a shot, okay? I'm not saying this as a shot at you. Well, I, when you preface it that way, no, you, no, do, no. you do remind me of a shrimp nibbler. No, 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 no. That's not what I was going to say. There is no one more in tune with the happenings of fast food restaurants more than, than Kevin, Kevin Zipak. Yesterday when I you came it. in outraged. Yes, and you see, were. that's why I told you I didn't mean it as a slight. It's a good thing. You were outraged yesterday. The outraged oh, that Jimmy John's off. has gotten rid of their Jimmy mustard. I was along with you in your outrage. You returned the outrage uh, in due. How do you get rid of a mustard that's your name? 
It's the Jimmy Mustard. So what was the problem there? They they don't want to manufacture their own mustard know. anymore, so, so now I, it's just the yellow? It's not that I didn't believe him, but I was like, maybe it's just this location. So I went and checked and, <laughs> and, tried, to, it up? and tried to build a sandwich. And I went to like my, you know how you can go to your previous yeah. orders? Yes. It replaced Jimmy Mustard with yellow mustard. I love that. No. I'm, I'm a big yellow mustard fan. I don't fan. mind yellow mustard. I love yellow mustard. I don't mind yellow mustard. It might be one of my favorite pleasures in life. But spicy brown mustard is better. I'm not going to argue that it's better or worse. I just, yellow mustard on a sandwich with pickles, there's nothing better. That's a great combination. Mustard is good. It's not like I'm not going to go to Jimmy John's and get not get mustard. I'm going to get the mustard. Like yellow mustard with a brat? But this it, is like yeah. the Justin Baby. Fields conversation. But it, but it's, <laughs> this isn't about the yellow mustard. It's not. It's I about think what's it's, better. Though. I think it's dumb. dumb. But it's it's better to have on those sandwiches, in my opinion, they're my taste buds. To have the Jimmy Mustard. Yellow mustard on a hot dog or a brat is the choice. Great. But on a, on a so sandwich. Good. I'm not putting brown mustard on a hot dog. No, no. I mean, no, I have, really? but uh, yellow Dijon? mustard's better on a hot dog. Maybe a little Dijon. But uh, for a sandwich, you want the brown mustard. Yes. To eat his own. I'm, I'm not going to hate on mustard. I think any mustard consumption is good. How do you get rid of the mustard that's your name, though? It's the Jimmy Mustard. Yeah, are I'm, they going to get rid of Jimmy Chips next? What's next? Why well, the Jimmy Chips are good? What's next? You you and I go to Jimmy John's a lot. A lot. If there's a sandwich, the guy that, knows us. Yeah, I know he and he runs a great shop. It Jimmy is. himself. No, the Jimmy John's on LaSalle, the individual that runs that shop. It's a great. It is a very good shop. Yeah. Congrats to them. I've been I've been to some not great ones. All right, so let's we're 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 getting off the topic. What, what is, is a, the topic? a shrimp nibbler? <laughs> okay. That's the topic. I want to know what it's the just hell what this it is. sounds like. What it's a, it's a little tiny little piece of deep fried shrimp. Is it a sandwich or is it no, like they're, a nugget? They're nibblers. They're, they're little tiny. Oh, so it's just is like, it like popcorn. Is it like a popcorn shrimp? It's like a popcorn chicken. shrimp, but it's branded as a nibbler, and they give you a little uh, side of the cocktail sauce with it. They're very good. You, you go to White Castle often? No, I told you he is more in tune. He's an expert with every fast food place. The man has an app All right. for every fast food restaurant. Do you have a White Castle app, Kevin? I do not have the White Castle app. I got, I got the Popeye's app. I Kevin, got the Kevin, McDonald's app. What's the worst? What's the one you're most ashamed of? 7-Eleven app. I got the 7-Eleven app. I'm almost due for some free boneless wings, though. Listen, the, the 7-Eleven app is only for the people that are buying Celsius and Zins and Max. Like, that's it. Guilty is yeah. charged. You're yeah. buying Celsius and Zins. You're talking to the right booth over Also here. guilty, I should probably download the app. <laughs> I'm missing out on all these points. All right, I have two food items for you guys. All right, two food things. One, did you see the story from last week that chocolate chip ice cream is going out of favor with Americans? That chocolate chip ice cream used to be the number one selling ice cream. And now people don't order it anymore. Just straight up chocolate chip? Chocolate chip, like chocolate not, chip in vanilla ice cream. You I'm know fine that, with that. that. I'm that, fine with that. That combination is never fallen been, out of Never been favor. A, a big chocolate chip guy. I like cookies and cream. Well, I think that's the problem is all these mashup places. You see, the, like every, yeah. every ice cream place, you, they can't just scoop you the ice cream anymore. They wow. have to put it on a slab. And then they have to take uh, art utensils and they have to smash it and well, slide listen, it around. As, as someone who is, a and then they have to scrape it off the the stone. As someone who and is, then they a, put it in a cup for you. As someone who is a Blizzard artist for many a moon, 
I am fine with whatever combination you want. That's the beauty of the Blizzard. Well, I'm just saying that's making the classics go out of style. Is, yeah. is because people need to have all their. Well, you stuff know what it is. You know what it there. is. It's not. It's not the slop. I don't think. I think it's these artisanal uh, uh, shops like a Jenny's. Oh yeah, Jenny's. Where, where they're giving you Tahitian vanilla. Yeah. And it's the size of a golf ball for seven dollars. Yeah. No, seventeen. And it's like, what are we doing here? I don't. I don't want. Your peach tree, although that does sound good. Hold on, let me come up with the worst. They've got some weird ones, man. I don't need a there's lavender a, ice cream. There's a place lavender. in Oregon that has like olive oil dragon fruit. Get out of here with that. I've heard olive oil is a big, uh, a big hit for no, ice cream. That's godless behavior. I've heard that. Get out of here with that. It. I don't I've need that it. in my. I don't need that in my ice cream. I, I, I've, uh, I've heard that. Yeah. So it was seventeen dollars for a little micro scoop of ice no. cream. With uh, all kinds of flavors, all lavender and olive oil, disgusting. Uh, That was my one piece of food information for you guys. Here's the other. Okay, did you guys know that the Choco Taco is returning to Taco Bell this summer? I like that. I have the Taco Bell uh, app as well. Forgot about that one. The Choco Taco Taco was a lunch time staple in high school. So Taco when you had Bell, extra money for the Choco Taco, it was a big deal. Taco Bell is bringing back the Choco Taco. Although there's a catch because, you know, Klondike canceled and they discontinued the Choco Taco after 40 years. This is back in July of 2022. Okay. So we've been a minute without the Choco Taco. We've been a Choco Taco-less society. So Klondike does not make them anymore and they will not be making them in the future. So Taco Bell is taking it upon themselves to be our heroes? No, Taco Bell has partnered with a different company, Salt and Straw, and they will make... A Choco Taco with a collaboration with Taco Bell that they can release in their restaurants this summer. Did That's you see- the one with the dragon fruit and olive oil. So okay, so so that company uh, will be making it. So I here's here's the deal. Now. Now I've seen the pictures. They don't look exactly like a Choco Taco. They look like a fancy Choco Taco. You see well, what I'm saying, Abdal? Like there's there's a certain look oh, of the Choco yeah, Taco. Okay. These look like fancy Choco Tacos. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I sent this to you uh, via Twitter last week that basically Taco Bell had an upfront. I love that. For what they're going to be doing. And we're getting Baja Blast pie, my friend. <laughs> I'll try it. We're getting Baja Blast uh, Sherbert. We're getting, <laughs> it looks we're, good. We're getting Baja Blast. You know those Cinestics? We're getting Baja Blast dusted Cinestics. We should try it all on the show. Oh, yeah. Just Dude. don't make me walk down there and pick it up. I, ba- no. I said to Chris, we'll we, are about to have, we are about to have a year, my friend. I think we should just have a field trip. We'll just go over there one night. We I'm are fine so with that. back. We'll, <laughs> we'll just go have some Taco Bell. I mean, listen, the last time we all got together, we ended the night with Taco Bell. That's so fair. I should, it's a I fantastic way mm. to end the evening. So, yeah, uh, the Choco Taco will return this year. Uh, at Taco Bell this summer, but it will be made by a different company. It will no longer be made by Klondike. It will be made by Salt and Straw, which Charlie is familiar with. I'll give it a chance, but I, I'm a little suspect. Right? It's a little, a little it's suspect. A, a new company coming in, making the Choco Taco. I'm not, I'm not sold, but I'll try it. Of course I'll try it. Scott and Aurora, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Scott? What's up, boys? How are you? We're good, man. You better sponsor your show this summer from export or something like that with all the shit you're probably going to be consuming. But uh, reason for my call, and thanks for taking it. And so with the 12-team playoffs now in college, which I'm okay with, is it uh, going to get possibly watered down if it's going to be a 1 versus 12? Yeah. And the 12 team is like, we're going to get smoked. I'm going to sit because I'm going to the uh, NFL anyway, so why risk the injury? And then we're going to run into the same watered-down bowl 
game slash playoff game that we kind of just went through this past season? Yeah, that's a good question. Thanks, Scott. I don't know. Like, I understand that playing more games is better for TV purposes, but I don't know how that convinces kids that aren't really engaged with chasing a championship if they know they're going to get blown out. That like, I don't. Think, I got to stick around. I don't think that's going to happen. I think. I think the players will play. I highly you doubt hope. because here's the thing: anybody that's that high up in the draft, that's like a top ten pick, is going to play because they're probably a national championship contender. Probably, but we've seen national championship contenders players not play. We've seen that. Yeah, that's happened. It's Black and Abdallah. The song of the night is next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black, 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 Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Thank you to Charlie Bevins and Kevin Zipak for producing tonight's show. We'll return tomorrow night, 6.30, right here on ESPN 1000. Time for the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Tonight's song, we go to the Beatles. Get back from 1969. It's your song of the night. Jojo was a man who thought he was an owner, but he knew he couldn't last. Jojo lived his home in Tucson, Arizona, or some California grass. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belonged. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belonged. Get back, Jojo. So, Chris, why are we listening to Get Back by the Beatles? All right, so there's uh, major movie news today that Sam Mendes will direct four different movies about the Beatles. All will be released in the same calendar year, and each film will be from the perspective of each individual band member. So he will make four movies, one for Paul, Ringo, John, and George, and they will all be released in the same calendar year. And that's coming out in, uh, they're looking to do it in 2027. I like the idea. I think it's a very interesting idea. I also like that all the families have given the rights to the story. So, like, you can tell the full story and it's not any, well, we didn't allow that. And, like, that's just a rumor type of thing. And it won't be a documentary. This is going to be a a feature film. Yeah, we already got the documentary from uh, Lord of the Rings guy, Peter Jackson. Yes, there was a lot of walking through the Shire. It was like six hours, that documentary. It was crazy. And Sam Mendes did, uh, he did Skyfall, Inspector, and American oh, Beauty. And some stellar Bond movies. 1917 was good. Yeah, I didn't that see was his good. last one. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, we were kind of joking uh, before the show that, like, only Christopher Nolan could give you a film from four different perspectives and interwine them perfectly. It would, it would be backwards. Too. Like, I don't know if I want to see four different films about basically the same exact thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would if it was one longer movie, not four individual movies, because these are what these are each going to be like over four, over two hours long, probably. Uh, I'm guessing so. So we're talking like ten hours of Beatles. So that's the news today. Sam Mendes. So the Beatles get back. It's your song of the night.
turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. Each movie over two hours. Right? Jeez. Won't it be? I mean, yeah, they have such a long history. It's Black and Abdallah. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.